You're listening to a podcast from the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Um, my name is Tom Deval. I'm a senior associate here in the Russia-Eurasia program. Um, I should say straight away that I'm not a, at all an expert on Central Asia. I deal with the other side of the Caspian Sea, uh, with the Caucasus. Um, but one of the perils of being a Russia and Eurasia program is we spend a lot of time traveling in Russia and Eurasia. Um, and my colleague Martha Olcott, um, who would be an obvious choice um, to welcome you, is currently in uh, Kazakhstan. But we have a very good um, group of people here from the endowment, including uh, Bayram Balji, where is he, who used to live in Tashkent and who has just arrived recently to us from Paris. Um, so it's a great pleasure to welcome a very large delegation, nine people, I think, from, from Uzbekistan, uh, nine parliamentarians, including uh, Mr. Safayev, the former ambassador here, who many of you know, chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, I'd also like to welcome John O'Keefe from the Open World Leadership Program, who is their host and, and chairman today, who, who, and that will be his, his job. I'm going to step off the stage. In fact, I, I, in, in keeping with my colleagues, I, I even have to leave myself and get on a train soon to New York, but um, I will stay as long as I can. Um, and um, I look forward to a very good discussion. Over to you, John. Thank, thank you very much, Tom. Uh, and uh, let me uh, give special thanks to the Carnegie uh, Endowment for hosting this. Uh, in fact, when uh, uh, Jim Collins, uh, Ambassador Collins, heard of this delegation coming, he got in touch with me right away and he said, please, uh, we'd love to have them come to Carnegie. Uh, and I can tell you that there were other demands from other organizations as well, but uh, we, we are here at Carnegie, Carnegie and uh, I do appreciate the hospitality. Uh, let me uh, just uh, uh, explain very briefly, uh, I will introduce the members of the delegation. Uh, Ambassador Safayev uh, will uh, give some remarks in English, uh, and then uh, I believe the other members of the delegations would like to do very short, about three-minute uh, presentations and explanations, because each is an expert in a particular field and engaged in particular issues that are critical not simply to Uzbekistan but to the region as well. Uh, so uh, let me begin by introducing uh, the delegation and uh, Senator Sadiq Safayev uh, is leading this delegation. He, as Tom mentioned, was ambassador, uh, the Uzbek ambassador to the United States. He was also the Uzbek ambassador to the United Nations and is chairing the, their foreign relations committee, their Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, also uh, with us is Senator Svetlana Ortikova, and she is chairman uh, of the Senate Committee on Legislation, Judicial, and Legal Issues. Uh, we also have with us uh, Senator Hamarotosh uh, Sodieva, uh, right, right here to my left, and she is a member of the Committee on Issues of Science, Education, Culture, and Sport. Uh, from the equivalent of the House of Representatives, and 
I would note that in our meetings today in the Senate, uh, they referred to the House of the Representatives of the U.S. as the lower house, uh, whereas the people in the House did not refer to themselves that way. So I would say the equivalent of the House of Representatives uh, in Uzbekistan, we have Mr. Sobir Jabarov, and he is chair of the Committee on Issues of Industry, Construction, and trade, and he is in the legislative chamber of Uzbekistan, of course. Mr. Sarvar Otomuratov, thank you, Otomuratov, he is the deputy chairman of the Committee on Budget and Economic Reforms of the legislative chamber. And Mr. Karuro Ruzmietov, he is a member of the Committee on Democratic Institutions, NGOs, and Civil Society, again, legislative chamber. And Mr. Turkin Abdusatarar, Abdul Satarov. Uh, he is a member of the Committee on Issues of Ecology and Environment, Environmental Protection, legislation, uh, the Legislative Chamber. And Mr. Farouk Mukhmamedov, uh, who is the director of the Institute for Monitoring of Current Legislation. And he is part of the president, uh, opposite the president of the, of the Republic of Uzbekistan. And Mr. Ulugbek uh, Kanaev, uh, who is a senior consultant also in the office of the president of Uzbekistan. So let me turn this over to Senator Safayev uh, to enlighten you about things in Uzbekistan, particularly uh, in legislative initiatives. Senator? Thank you very much, Ambassador. Uh, we really appreciate the chance to be in Carnegie Endowment. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to <coughs> see old friends, to welcome new one, and try to share with you some our vision, perception about the process of democratization of Uzbekistan and the role of parliament, which is the main topic of uh, our meeting. In November 2010, President Islam Karimov appeared in front of two chambers of Uzbek parliament and made very important speech. The topic was the program of further democratization of the country and building civic society. In short, I would describe the main goal as a political modernization of the country. Before, we always used to speak about the economic modernization, bringing new technology, economic takeoff, and cetera, and cetera. It's the old way of thinking, maybe in many cases, uh, some inheritance from Marxistic approach, uh, mainly emphasizing on the economic changes. But then, transformation processes demonstrated that without real democracy, real civil society, human rights, transparency, the new system of uh, election, new role of mass media, there cannot be economic takeoff. And the understanding of this very important conclusion, I think that it's one of the most important event happened in the recent years in Uzbekistan, but it's not only understanding. We tried already in our parliament somehow to strengthen this understanding, implementing it into the laws, some amendments, and I'm sure that my colleagues will tell you uh, some concrete examples, what's, uh, why it's uh, conceptions already 
program of action. Now I want uh, to emphasize more, uh, leaving the other aspects to my colleagues, on international issues. You know, 10, 20 years ago, it would be uh, perhaps odd for parliamentarians to speak about international events. It was mainly monopoly of governments, administrations, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. But though there is an ambassador who represents the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I would dare to say that today it's not monopoly of the governments, the uh, relationship, cooperation between uh, countries and uh, parliamentarian diplomacy, interparliamentarian dialogue, or, or as we call it here in the United States, people-to-people -people diplomacy, and I like even better the expression heart-to-heart -heart diplomacy, is very important and powerful resources of modern international affairs. And the Parliament of Uzbekistan also, in the recent years, tries to be in a, this tendency. Uh, st let's start with the fact that uh, with the, uh, the last Uzbek parliament, which I'm a member of, adopted 55 laws directly um, uh, relating to the international affairs. It's a ratification of some uh, in, uh, conventions or uh, considering the UN documents and the implementation of um, the international standards into our uh, legislative system. It's bilateral contacts with uh, other parliaments. I am, for instance, co-chairman of Uzbek-British interparliamentarian group, and we uh, meet frequently with our uh, colleagues in Westminster, and aim is not only to discuss the issues related to the business, economy, security, uh, democratization, but uh, exchange of the uh, experience. Because for us, it's uh, one of the most important dimension of our dialogue with our colleagues in other countries is to learn. By the way, that's why we're here. And the visit, uh, main aim of the, this visit of this representative group of Uzbek parliamentarians is to learn the experience of uh, the functioning of Parliament, Congress, in the United States, both in federal level and the state level. <coughs> Since we also think that one of the problems of Uzbek parliamentarian democracy is to strengthen local parliamentarism. We are not happy with the uh, activity of the local parliaments. We think that the system of checking and balance should be uh, inserted not only central level, but in grassroots level. Without uh, it, the democracy will not have an, uh, will not have an irreversible pace. <clears throat> the role of parliament in international affairs today in Uzbekistan might be seen in the fact that today all ambassadors uh, supposed to be confirmed by the Senate. For instance, Ambassador Neymatov twice already stood before in front of my committee and then in the plenary meeting answering to your, our questions and getting some comments from senators before his uh, designation. And um, uh, I think it's important uh, and demonstrate that the delegation of authority from executive branch of power to 
the uh, legislation. And lastly, before I will took the floor to other uh, uh, members of the delegation, I'd like just to uh, inform you that Parliament in Uzbekistan starts to more and more uh, discuss international issues, having a parliamentary hearings on it, roundtable discussion. For instance, uh, recently we had um, hearings on the, the uh, development is CIS, so as we call the post-Soviet area, uh, on uh, the tendencies, and we uh, invited experts, academicians, representatives of the government, and the question was whether all this initiative on forming the different custom unions, uh, uh, new form of integration, is match the national interests of Uzbekistan or not. And the main conclusion was that uh, there's nothing, uh, we should not uh, welcome the creation of new uh, blocks or creation impediments in the global trade. So bilateral contact with all countries is the main priority for us. And uh, moreover, we uh, think that the creation of any kind uh, structures having above national authority Squeezing the sovereignty of the country is not uh, match the national interest of Uzbekistan. We also discussed such an issues like water management problem in Central Asia. It's a vital issue. Uh, you know, the, you're well aware, in fact, that Uzbek, uh, Uzbekistan share all its rivers with neighbors, and uh, only 10 percent of waters consuming in Uzbekistan is formed in our own ter uh, territory, whereas 90% is coming from uh, by the rivers having transborder character. And in this case, we have a very strong reservation in vis-a-vis -vis the projects, meaning they're building huge old Soviet-style hydropower stations, which is from economic point of view inefficient and from ecological point of view, dangerous. We made our position strong and clear to our colleagues in other countries that we should think twice before uh, building such a, um, constructions in a highly seismic zone, damaging the agriculture, feeding millions and millions of people. And our position is that uh, without the thorough scrutiny of such projects by independent international experts, uh, we should strongly oppose the building. And Parliament of Uzbekistan makes it, uh, made it repeatedly clear that we have a consensus on this issue in Tashkent. Transborder threats, they are all related to Afghanistan, and we, being here in Washington already had a chance to discuss with our colleagues on the Hill uh, the perspectives of development in this country. And uh, here is a, I see specialists who know the situation in Afghanistan much better than me. Uh, though we also try to follow the development, at least uh, every month we have a meeting with our friends and partners in Afghan parliament. We try to get... Uh, deep understanding of what's going on there and perspectives. We don't share the view that uh, the kind of apocalypse 
type of scenario in development in, in Afghanistan. Yes, there are a lot of challenges. There is a, many huge problems, uh, and we realize that better than maybe any other countries being frontline state with Afghanistan. But first of all, we're happy to see that all actors today confirmed that the mistakes of previous ages when Afghanistan was abandoned is not going, is not going to be repeated. It's an important conclusion. And we will all continue to uh, exercise our joint efforts to help this country to be sustainable and uh, uh, get the normal development. Secondly, we see that Afghanistan is different from the country which was uh, 10 years ago. First time in the history, the national and the religious minority of this country started to enjoy the real rights, right to be educated in their own language, to have a mass media in their own language, to be represented in government. In, during the Shah time, now praised by many as a time of happiness, it was not possible even to think about such a fraud or not fraud, there were elections and the parliament there act, acting. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, girls and boys are studying together in the schools, and they don't want to go back to the dark ages of pre-9-11 time. First time in history, Afghanistan is uh, connected by circle and radial road system, which never existed in this country, and there is a sense of unity. Before it was islands of uh, barely connected to each other. Today it's a single country with uh, the strong sense of Afghan identity. That's why I think that uh, majority, absolute majority of Afghans are committed for further progress, not regress. And it gives some hope. I'm not going to give uh, only optimistic uh, view. There is uh, huge challenges ahead, but what my message is that we should continue to work together to make sure that Afghanistan will be a normal country. This is position of uh, the Uzbek parliament and some international issues. I would be happy to respond if there will be questions on other uh, uh, topics, but now I'm going to stop and give a chance to other members of delegation to contribute to our panel discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ambassador Savai. Uh, and I, I would just note that uh, we will be taking questions at the end of the full presentations after it's all finished. Uh, and we will, uh, as the moderator, I will be uh, 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 sensitive to, to time issues. So, uh, uh, Ambassador Sabayev, would you like to uh, just sort of uh, decide who goes next? With pleasure. With pleasure. And um, with your permission, Mr. Chairman, I'd like us to invite Mr. Muhammadov briefly tell us about the main direction of democratization in Uzbekistan and the role of parliament. Please. Вообще у нас в Республике Узбекистан важнейшим достижением демократических 
реформ, конституционных изменений, произошедших за последний период, явилось совершенствование системы сдержек и противовесов трех ветвей власти. In Uzbekistan, the most important achievement of the democratic reforms and the improvement of constitution was the improvement of the system of the checks and balances. Одним из главных вариантов реализации данной системы стало повышение роли политических партий в стране. And how the system was being set up, first the role of political parties has been enlarged. Проведенные изменения предусматривают большой спектр повышения прав политических партий. And the changes envision a whole spectrum of spectrum of activities of political parties. Но основные, на которых я хотел бы остановиться вам, это предоставление им права проведения засушивания премьер-министра. Право выражения вотума недоверия правительству. Uh, also, the right to declare uh, the vote of non-confidence to the government. И выдвижение кандидатуры премьер-министра партии, набравшей большинство в парламент. And also the uh, party uh, who enjoys the majority after the elections uh, can introduce the uh, candidacy of the prime minister. И ряд аналогичных изменений и механизмов, связанных с реализацией этих прав, был внесен в наше законодательство. Мы продолжаем работу в данном направлении. Replace the chairman and start the chair. No, no, no. You're not. We we agreed beforehand that Senator Safayev would would guide us through this portion. Okay. Next speaker is Svetlana Artikova, a very remarkable lady, who spent many years in office of general prosecutor in Uzbekistan. She's an expert in the sphere of legislative reforms. Uh, judicial reforms, uh, <coughs> monitoring law enforcement in Uzbekistan, uh, and I, I'd like to invite her to make her remarks in regard with the reforms on this sphere. Спасибо большое, господин спикер. И продолжая мысль моих коллег в сфере реформирования судебно-правовой системы, самые чувствительные системы в области прав человека и защиты его интересов через призму реформирования парламента. Within the uh, judicial and legislation uh, 
uh, reform. Uh, the most important aspect uh, is the reform in the human rights area, and in particular, uh, protection uh, for human rights uh, by uh, the parliament. Постепенная передача, демократизация судебно-правовой системы, конечно же, шла постепенно, эволюционно, и в настоящее время мы констатируем тот факт, что генеральный прокурор ежегодно отчитывается перед Сенатом о проделанной работе по состоянию законности и преступности в стране. Uh, but of course, the democratization has been evolving uh, step by step, uh, and there are significant achievements. And in particular, the Prosecutor General uh, yearly reports uh, to the Senate uh, about the uh, criminal situation in the nation. Это является исключительным полномочием верхней палаты парламента и способствует тому, чтобы сенаторы, которые являются представителями регионов в Верхней Палате Парламента, могли задать вопросы генеральному прокурору, расставить акценты по тому, что нужно делать для того, чтобы права человека были защищены реально. Of uh, our legislature, uh, which uh, com consists of senators from uh, various regions, and it provides them with an opportunity to ask the prosecutor uh, general uh, questions and to focus uh, theirs and his attention on the uh, burning issues related to human rights. Следующий важный шаг в исключительных полномочиях Сената сидит и возможность назначения членов Верховного Суда, Конституционного Суда и Высшего Хозяйственного Суда Сенатом. And the next important aspect of the exclusive authority of the Senate is their right to appoint the members of the Supreme Court, the members of the Constitutional Court, and the members of the Commercial Court. Это способствует соблюдению системы сдержек и противовесов между двумя ветвями власти, законодательной и судебной, и способствует соблюдению независимости судебной власти. And it facilitates the system of checks and balances between legislative and judicial branches of power, and it helps the independence of the judiciary. При этом мы понимаем, что и в случае заслушивания отчета генерального прокурора, и в процессе рассмотрения вопросов назначения судей выше их эшелоны, Есть еще очень много вопросов, над которыми мы должны работать.
Мы сделали первый шаг в имплементации института хабиас корпус в наше национальное законодательство, отменили смертную казнь и передали право выдачи санкции на задержание и арест от прокуроров судам. We have uh, for the first time implemented uh, habeas corpus in our system. Uh, we uh, got rid uh, of the uh, death penalty uh, and also the uh, right to arrest has been transferred uh, from the uh, procuracy to the judiciary. Мы собираемся сделать второй шаг в имплементации позиций этого института в наше национальное законодательство, исходя из концепции президента. И законопроект в плане имплементации следующего шага этого института уже находится на стадии рассмотрения. Uh, we're getting ready to implement the next step in the same direction based on the concept uh, proposed by the president and uh, the bill uh, is now under review. Мы понимаем, что одним имплементированием в национальное законодательство международных норм и стандартов без того, чтобы поднять правосознание наших граждан, без того, чтобы поднять их правовую культуру, достичь того результата, который мы хотим достичь, невозможно. И поэтому мы работаем над тем, чтобы разработать новый проект национальной программы по повышению правовой культуры в обществе. But we understand that it's not enough to just transplant international norms and standards into our legislation. We also need to enhance the legal culture of our citizens, and that is why we have created a new nationwide project of legal education for our citizens. Существует и проблема повышения квалификации работников правоохранительных органов. There is also the problem of training for law enforcement. Необходимо работать над вопросами независимости отдельного судьи. We also have to work on the issues related to independence of individual judges. Продолжать имплементировать международные нормы и стандарты в сфере прав человека в наше национальное законодательство с учетом интересов общества и государства и каждого гражданина. And we also have to keep working on introducing the international standards and norms related to human rights into our national legislation by taking into account the interests of our nation, society and individual citizens. Мы готовы к тому, чтобы решать эти вопросы. У нас есть для этого соответствующий опыт, знания, и мы учимся, поэтому мы здесь. We are ready to start solving those issues. We have uh, relevant experience and knowledge, but we also are learning, and that's why we're here. Thank you.
Next speaker uh, is Sarwar Atamuradov. Next speaker is Sarwar Atamuradov, who is a vice chairman of the Committee on Budget and Economic Reforms of Legislation Chamber. После обретения независимости Узбекистан выбрал путь последовательных, поэтапных реформ в экономической сфере. И в 1999 году была принята антикризисная программа. I would like to note first that after having gained independence, Uzbekistan has chosen a step-by-step -step consecutive development in the economic area. And in the year 1999, we have... 2009, sorry, thank you. Uh, we have uh, adopted the uh, anti-crisis program. И результатом осуществляемых реформ стало то, что ВВП республики на протяжении последних пяти лет сохраняется на уровне 8,5%. And as a result of those reforms, the GDP in our republic has been at the level of 8.5%. Законодательной палатой принимается принято ряд новых законов, которые именно способствуют развитию рыночной экономики. В частности, это законы о предпринимательской деятельности, о конкуренции. В первом чтении был принят закон о защите частной собственности и прав собственников. И действительно это способствовало тому, что на сегодняшний день доля негосударственного сектора в валовом внутреннем продукте увеличилась до 80%. The Legislative Chamber has passed certain measures, which have been conducive to uh, free market, and in particular to entrepreneurship, uh, to competition, uh, to uh, protection of uh, private property uh, and the rights of uh, property owners. And as a result, uh, the share of uh, non-governmental uh, or non-state-owned <coughs> uh, economy is 80% in our GDP. Самое важное то, что поменялась структура валового внутреннего продукта. The most important thing that the very structure of GDP has changed. Если взять 2000 год, то доля сельского хозяйства составляла 30%. If we take the year 2000, then the share of agriculture was 30%. Сегодня эта доля составляет 17%. Uh, today, its share is 17%. Доля промышленности увеличилась с 14% до 24%. The share of industry has uh, uh, risen from 14 uh, to 25%. Самое важное, что развивается сфера услуг, сфера сервиса. And uh, the most important thing is uh, the service economy growing. И на сегодня она составляет примерно половина валового внутреннего продукта. Uh, today it is about 50% of our GDP.
Если взять структуру экспорта, если в начале независимости основной, основная доля занимал значит, хлопковое волокно, это примерно около 60-70%, то на сегодняшний день экспорт хлопка составляет всего лишь 9%. 9%. Увеличилась доля продукции химической промышленности, продукции текстильной промышленности и э, совместно с, с, Амери, с, Амери, с Соединенными Штатами на сегодняшний день э, выпускаются автомобили и мы являемся государством, которое экспортирует автомобили. Also the share of the chemical industry has been growing, the share of the textile industry. And together with the United States, we are uh, producing automobiles, and we are a nation which exports uh, automobiles. В заключение я хотел бы отметить один интересный факт. Наверное, это всем в принципе известно. В прошлом году, в конце года, посетила миссия Международного валютного фонда Узбекистан, и в своем пресс-релизе отметила одну важную деталь, что в отличие от других стран, республика своевременно приняла меры, антикризисные меры, которые способствовали тому, что экономика Узбекистана развивается постепенно, эволюционно и имеет тенденцию, стабильную тенденцию дальнейшего роста. From International Monetary Fund visited Uzbekistan and it issued a press release after the visit noting that Uzbekistan was one of the few nations that has adopted timely anti-crisis measures. As a result, the economy of Uzbekistan has been developing steadily and progressively and it has good stable prospects. Вместе с тем, работающая, то есть экономические реформы находятся, скажем так, в самом прогрессивном структурном изменении, и в ближайшее время намечаются дальнейшие шаги, которые будут способствовать дальнейшему росту благосостояния населения are continuing and uh, we're expecting uh, new developments that will uh, help uh, prosperity of our nation. <coughs> Parliament means place to speak. Uh, if uh, I will not give a chance to all Uzbek parliamentarians at least shortly speak, by definition they love to do it. Tomorrow I will going to have a problem. That's why, excuse me, I'm going to chance for short intervention by all the parliamentarians. I'm already feel some tense uh, coming from them. Now I would like just to um, invite uh, Sabir Jabarov, who is the chairman of very important committee, to make some contribution. Большое спасибо. Говоря о демократизации вообще и в экономике в частности, я хочу продолжить мысль моего коллеги. Одним из главных векторов в экономике является то, что в Узбекистане приняты к меры к сокращению и 
и ограничение прямого вмешательства государства в экономику. В результате на сегодняшний день у нас в ВВП доля малого и частного бизнеса составляет более 55%. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as a follow-up to what my colleague has just uh, uh, told you, uh, one important tendency in our economic development is uh, limiting the direct interference of the government into our economy. As uh, one of the results of that development, the share of small and private uh, business in our uh, GDP uh, is about 55%. В этой сфере работает около 75% занятого населения. Но... Как представитель комитета по промышленности хочу сказать, что у нами в государстве разработан ряд программ по развитию промышленности. Вот одна цифра. До 2015 года у нас по программе развития промышленности предусматривается реализация более 500 проектов на сумму около 50 миллиардов долларов. And, uh, we in our committee on industry have developed uh, several programs and uh, in particular I would like to tell you uh, that uh, our program envisions uh, developing about 500 different projects uh, by the year 2015 uh, at a total value of 50 billion dollars. В том числе химической, автомобильной, нефтегазовой и других отраслях. And that includes uh, chemical, uh, automobile industry and also oil and gas and other industries. И очень отрадно, что с участием американского капитала у нас работает ряд предприятий, в частности госпожа госсекретарь Хиллари Клинтон в октябре прошлого года посетила завод GM Power Train Uzbekistan, который в настоящее время выпускает моторы для наших автомобилей. And uh, it's uh, uh, very pleasant uh, for us uh, that there are uh, joint uh, ventures with the United States and in particular uh, the Secretary of State Hillary Clinton uh, visited, uh, paid a visit to GM power train plant in Uzbekistan which uh, currently is producing engines for our cars. Многие здесь присутствующих были в Узбекистане, и если раньше вы доезжали от Ташкента до Самарканда за 4,5 часа, в настоящее время с введением поезда Тальго вы можете это сделать за 2 часа. Now a new train has been introduced, and uh, the trip takes just two hours. Но резервы для развития торговли существуют, поэтому я надеюсь, мы встречались вчера и в посольстве с представителями американской узбекской торговли. Я надеюсь, что наша встреча, развитие парламентаризма, позволит еще больше углубить это торговое сотрудничество. Спасибо.
So you know that uh, for us, the education is very important. Suffice to say that 70% uh, <clears throat> of population in Uzbekistan, as Dan knows well, is younger than 30 years old, and half of population is younger than 18 years old. So education is most important. I'd like uh, to invite uh, Senator Shadiva to make one minute, two minute remarks on the parliament's role in education. Добрый вечер, дорогие дамы и господа. В нашей стране образованию, культуре, науке это уделяется очень большое внимание. У нас в Узбекистане существует такая схема образования 9 плюс 3. Это обозначает, что 9 классов ученик обучается в школе, Три года обучается в колледже или в лицее, а потом продолжает свое обучение. Вот за годы независимости у нас... Uzbekistan has been paying a lot of attention to education, culture and science. In Uzbekistan we have a system of... Uh, secondary education, uh, which uh, is uh, described by the formula 9 plus 3. That means nine grades of secondary school and then three grades of high school, lyceum, or uh, college, after uh, which uh, a young person continues his or her education. За годы независимости в Узбекистане школы, колледжи, лицеи приобрели самый современный новый облик. And uh, during the uh, time of independence, the high schools, um, colleges and lyceums of Uzbekistan have acquired a new modern character. Самые новейшие оборудования у нас современные лаборатории Современные учебные пособия этот самый, помогает, э, помогает молодежи приобретать знания, квалификацию и этот, учит преданности нашей Родине. They enjoy the best and most modern equipment, laboratories and so on, which help the young people acquire relevant qualifications and which also teach them loyalty to their motherland. Harlike Kuzmetov, yeah. the president for the Committee on Democracy, uh, Civic Society. Дополняя предыдущего выступающего, я потом начну свой ответ. У нас более чем, то есть 60% государственного бюджета направляется на социальную сферу, то есть в том числе и на образование. Теперь мой вопрос. Узбекистан формирует гражданское общество, Поэтому мы всячески поддерживаем развитие негосударственных организаций. So just to follow up to what my colleague has just said, the Uzbekistan directs 60% of its budget towards the social sphere. But now I would like to talk about my topic that means shaping civil society in Uzbekistan. Да. 
В частности, с 1991 года, с года обретения независимости, у нас число ННО можно было пальцем посчитать. То есть были единицы. And in particular, the development of the NGOs. In the beginning of our independence, uh, since uh, the year 1991, we had very few of those. Через 10 лет, к 2000 году, число ННО у нас выросло до 2500, к 2010 году 5000, а вот в течение года, в 2011 году, их стало около 6000. Uh, by the year 2000, we had two and a half thousands of NGOs. By the year 2010, 5,000. And uh, uh, by the end of uh, 2011, 6,000. What is the role of the parliament? Парламент принимает законы по развитию ННО. Это у нас, мы приняли закон о негосударственных организациях, о гарантиях деятельности ННО. Мы уже приняли эти законы. Кроме того, ННО участвует активно в разработке и обсуждении проектов законов. Кроме того, мы понимаем, что ННО так просто не развивается. Мы должны на начальном этапе их поддерживать. Поэтому при парламенте действует парламентская комиссия, которая распределяет, поддерживает через бюджетные средства негосударственные организации. То есть мы через парламентскую комиссию выделяем бюджетные средства на поддержку ННО, для реализации их программ. But we understand that non-governmental organizations cannot develop yeah. on their own. That's why we have a parliamentary commission on NGOs, which supports NGOs and which allocates money from the budget uh, to help NGOs develop. Only this year, the parliamentary commission allocated 6 billion sums to support the NGOs, It's, uh, which means something. And lastly, I'd like just to invite Tulkun Abdusataraf. Uh, yesterday we had a meeting with Chairman Burton, and he said, this, this guy looks like a movie star. <laughs> and if I will not uh, give a floor to movie star, I think that it will be a double mistake. <laughs> One minute. Thank you. Good evening. I will be uh, very short. Uh, uh, for continuing my um, colleague, uh, Mr. Ruzmet, I tell, uh, we are now uh, working on the uh, law draft on public control in the Republic of Uzbekistan. In the Republic of Uzbekistan, we, uh, and particularly, uh, we are uh, working at the law on law draft on ecological control. And uh, I uh, give you some interesting interesting fact, uh, fact that civil society it is a new for we can say new for us, but uh, uh, if we see uh, history, uh, we can see uh, in 10th centuries uh, for rulers' guidance books, uh, who was written by, by Farabi, uh, the, this book's name uh, was uh, The City of Wise People. Uh, in this book, uh, written about uh, how uh, built civil society and rulers, how they rule uh, the country, and until uh, 15 or 16 centuries, every ruler uh, in the country, uh, country it was uh, some of uh, guidance book. Thank you.
Thank you uh, to all of our guests. Uh, I think that we've gotten the uh, uh, tour of the horizon uh, for many issues in Uzbekistan. And um, I'd like to open the floor to questions. Um, I do have, uh, I've noticed uh, whoever gets to moderate gets to ask the first question. So one of the things that I think we have seen, uh, I've seen a lot of constitutions with a lot of great things in them. And those constitutions don't mean very much without in laws enabling uh, and without serious consideration for the freedoms <coughs> and the rights that are embedded in those constitutions. By the same to token, I think uh, our guests have spoken about many laws that have been enacted. And so the question I have is, uh, even if you have a good law, how do you exercise proper oversight, let's say, with the prosecutor, uh, with the judicial system, <clears throat> to ensure that they are fairly administered? Uh, that the rights that uh, you allow to citizens and organizations uh, are respected. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right, Ambassador. The most democratic constitution which I ever read is a Stalinistic constitution written in 1936 year before the Stalinistic purge started in Soviet Union. It's, it's an amazingly democratic institution. And of course, the uh, point is how to make sure that the laws which was mentioned here work. I will not reveal any secret or uh, discover New America if I will say that the same parliamentary hearings, public control, including, as uh, Hyrule says, involvement of NGOs, <clears throat> increasing the role of mass media, and systematic control, monitoring. That's why we have in a here the institution which uh, specifically has an expertise on the sphere of systemic monitoring the uh, uh, acting legislation. Time to time we have in a hearings, for instance, uh, my committee had hearings on the investment law, uh, investment climate in Uzbekistan, implementation of the UN conventions on uh, women's rights. And we, uh, yeah, having these hearings, we mainly aim to scrutiny the real implementation of these laws and the actions by the appropriate ministers to, to do so. Uh, other questions? Dr. Davidson? Um, thank you. I think the question is probably best addressed to Mr. Thank you. Uh, the question is probably best addressed to Mr. Atumuratov, but I think to others as well. On the recognition of property and property rights, which you reported on, very important, very good information. 
because there's certainly a legacy effect across all the former Soviet states uh, in the civil code uh, for the protection and recognition of property rights. Uh, the question I have is not so much about tangible property, but about non-tangible property, specifically the ability to recognize intellectual property, uh, uh, to recognize it, to protect it, and to transfer it. Uh, something very, very important in the knowledge economy that President Karimov has laid out for the future of Uzbekistan. So, so perhaps you could comment on, on that question. Спасибо. Очень интересный вопрос. Действительно, вы правильно отметили, что будущее экономики и будущее вообще общества – это инновационные инновации во всех сферах. И, соответственно, инновации будут способствовать тому, что общество будет модернизироваться и отвечать на те потребности, которые существуют в обществе. Yes, thank you very much. This is a very interesting question indeed, and you are quite correct in pointing out that the future of uh, economy uh, of our country as well as any other country, uh, or in fact the future of uh, society writ large, belongs to innovation in all fields. And uh, of course, uh, the uh, societies will have to modify and take advantage of uh, whatever innovation uh, can come its way. Наряду со всеми формами, видами собственности, У нас в Конституции гарантируются равные права. И, как я вот выше отметил в своем докладе, сейчас увеличивается доля частной, частной собственности. И интеллектуальная собственность, то есть привлечение новых технологий, ноу-хау, является одним из приоритетных направлений и экономической в том числе политики. Yes, uh, also with respect to uh, different varieties of property, uh, they're all equally well protected and uh, the uh, property rights, uh, irrespective of what property you are talking about, are equally uh, covered by the uh, legislation that has been put in place. I mentioned in my uh, remarks earlier on that uh, uh, the uh, share of private property in our society has increased uh, in recent years. and. Uh, the protection of intellectual property and know-how is specifically enumerated as one of the highest priorities. И буквально вот где-то полгода назад председатель комитета, который отвечает за вопросы развития интеллектуальной собственности, был в парламенте и отвечал перед комитетом ответственным за эти вопросы, то есть за развитие интеллектуальной собственности. About uh, six months ago or so, uh, the chairperson of the committee that is responsible for the development of intellectual property testified before the parliament specifically was talking to the members that were interested in uh, where th things stood with respect to protection of uh, intellectual property. Следует обратить, и я надеюсь, что в этом направлении будут изменения. И в первую очередь это сотрудничество с развитыми странами мира, привлечение современных технологий. На что вот были приведены конкретные примеры? Yes, and it's uh, very important to say that uh, during that hearing and that testimony, uh, a whole host of uh, uh, concerns uh, and uh, issues that uh, require uh, attention uh, 
was raised, and I hope that there will be changes uh, stemming uh, from whatever the chairperson of that committee took away from that uh, uh, congressional testimony. And I also think that uh, one of the mechanisms by which uh, we can secure success in the future in terms of protecting uh, intellectual property is certainly a collaboration with uh, developed countries, specifically uh, in the areas uh, of information technologies. Professor Devesta, thank you very much for your question. I'd like just to add to what he said that we ratified all the international conventions on intellectual rights, Bern conventions and uh, other conventions. We are now negotiating with WTO on entering and main item of our negotiation on agenda is the system of protection of intellectual property and creating the mechanism matching the international standards of Uzbekistan. We fully realize the importance of this dimension and we committed to go all the way through the, uh, to achieve this goal. Uh, yes, sir, over there, uh, gentleman on the right and then the gentleman to the left. So the first, you, sir. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may ask a question. Thank you. У меня два вопроса, один очень короткий совсем, по поводу финансов. Был финансовый этот кризис мировой. Я понял так, что он вас обошел в связи с разумной политикой, которую вы проводили. Если так, скажите только так, и ответы получим. Так. И второй вопрос. Не прозвучало здесь о участии Узбекистана на глобальном уровне как инициативной, несущей какие-то свои идеи, свои решения, лидирующие идеи и решения. Вы, э, есть у вас в парламенте что-нибудь? В этом смысле, если есть, то что было? Может, я что-то упустил? Политическое, глобальное решение. Политическое, экономическое. Вы знаете, я не делю политику на экономику. Кто говорит, я только экономикой занимаюсь. Вы не могли представить себя, чтобы мы... Тысяча... Извините, тысячный Леонид. Я занимаюсь глобальными проблемами, организациями наций, реформы ООН и там. The question was in regard with the uh, initiative of Uzbekistan. First of all, you're absolutely right. Uh, any country, especially country considering to achieve its national goals, should have a not reactive but proactive policy. It means initiate achievement of its own goals, not just to follow the events. Let me give you two examples uh, in regard with the Uzbekistan initiative policy. In 1997, it was Uzbekistan who initiated the creation of nuclear-free zone in Central Asia. It took us 10 years of tough, uh, tough negotiations to to get agree with all Central Asian countries and five uh, official nuclear countries, and to set up the fifth in the world nuclear-free zone, which was officially registered by UN. I think that it's a strategically important initiative of Uzbekistan, and uh, let me proudly say so, one of the achievements of foreign policy. Second, it was Uzbekistan who, is end of the uh, 90s, proposed the Formula 6 plus 2 for 
Afghanistan reconciliation, and in Tashkent we have a big international conference, which brought some platform for inter-Afghan uh, dialogue. So I can continue, but uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's <coughs> it's uh, absolutely vital for a country to, to have an initiative policy. Thank, thank you, uh, Senator. Uh, sir, I think you had a question. Yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Matthew Fisher Daly from the Cotton Campaign, uh, and thank you to all the representatives for coming today. Um, I was encouraged by an earlier comment about uh, inviting international um, organizations to review uh, environmental uh, <coughs> projects, specifically hydro dams. Um, it's also my understanding that this upcoming week there's a meeting uh, with the Moscow office of the International Labor Organization, and I would like to know uh, if you might be able to comment on whether that will lead to an invitation from the Uzbek government to the ILO to monitor the 2012 cotton harvest, specifically on the implementation of uh, ILO conventions uh, 105 around uh, forced labor. Thank you. Thank you. It's a rather common and <laughs> the question. We take to the account your point and we'll take the consideration. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Right. Yes. I'm Nalva Horimamova from The Voice of America. Um, I have two questions to Senator Artikova. Um, we know that you met with the uh, with Melan Verveer, U.S. Ambassador at Large for Women's Affairs. Um, do you could you tell us about what issues you discussed with her? And uh, second question is. What kind of steps are being taken to promote transparency in, in Uzbekistan um, if you deal with those issues? And I mean, this question is for everybody else, um, you know, economic transparency, political transparency, um, and open up the space for, for media to, to play um, their role in, uh, in promoting transparency. So thank you. Спасибо. Thank you very much. These are very interesting well, questions. Насколько я делегирована рассказать о нашей встрече с госпожой Мелани Вервир, она меня не уполномачивала. I'm not quite sure to what extent I'm authorized to disclose the contents of our discussion with Мелани Вервир. She did not authorize me to disclose anything, to be sure. Статус госпожи что она посол по особым поручениям, по женским вопросам. Естественно, наш разговор касался только этой темы. Женские вопросы, касающиеся женщин Америки и женщин Узбекистана. But I will give you this. Uh, she is an ambassador at large for women's issues. Uh, in this context, uh, uh, she and I discussed women's issues that relate to women who reside here in this country and women who reside in Uzbekistan. От себя могу сказать, что наш разговор вчера, как и первый наш с ней диалог в Ташкенте, был очень позитивным. Мы понимаем, что достаточно проблем есть в этой сфере. Мы определили точки соприкосновения и пути их решения. И будем работать над этим вопросом. I will also tell you uh, that uh, our discussion yesterday was very much in the same vein uh, 
that our first discussion that had taken place previously in Tashkent, it was uh, a very positive discussion indeed, and uh, uh, we identified issues that uh, require additional attention, and we also talked about ways to address them going forward. Что касается вашего второго вопроса, ну за 20 лет сделано очень много, но еще больше предстоит сделать. As far as your second question is concerned, uh, over the span of the previous 20 years, a lot has been done, but uh, uh, much more remains to be done. Буквально тезисно, это и целый пакет законопроектов по открытости, транспарентности средств массовой информации, подключении их к делам общества и государства и обеспечение общественного контроля за деятельностью всех органов государственной власти и управления. Uh, I will uh, briefly enumerate things that are relevant uh, to the second part of your questions. Right now we have several bills uh, that uh, will enhance transparency uh, in mass media uh, and connect mass media to all the uh, processes that uh, take place in our society. And uh, second of all, uh, we intend uh, uh, to uh, reinforce uh, and enhance uh, public uh, oversight of uh, all the processes that take place in the society. Это и открытость, доступ к информации о деятельности органов государственной власти управления, и третье – это использование возможностей глобальной сети. And primarily I would, uh, uh, I would stress um, several priorities here. Number one is uh, to uh, provide uh, more liberal access to information uh, with respect to uh, governmental affairs, and uh, number two, uh, use uh, to the fullest possible extent uh, the capabilities of the internet. Have I answered your question? I believe that Mr. Rosmetov wanted to add a, a word or two, and uh, we have uh, a question from the lady woman in the back. This gentleman, and then uh, that place. So one, two, three after that, and then four over there. Okay, so about four more. Я хотел кратко добавить, что в Узбекистане планируется принятие закона об открытости деятельности государственных органов. Мы даже планируем это сделать в этом году. Есть такие у нас планы. Кроме того, у нас действует более 100 независимых электронных средств массовой информации. И нужно сказать, что среди телерадиоканалов у нас 53% являются телеканалов негосударственными, более 80% радиоканалов негосударственными, и у нас 28 каналов ведут прямую трансляцию на 180 стран мира. Поэтому у нас вполне в этом плане идет динамичный процесс открытости. Yes. Um, I just wanted to give you a few numbers. Uh, in Uzbekistan, we hope to adopt uh, this year, later this year, in fact, uh, a law on uh, increasing transparency of uh, the activities of the uh, public, um, uh, uh, public entities and public uh, uh, agencies. Uh, also, we have uh, over 100 uh, independent electronic media outlets, and... Uh, 53% uh, of uh, TV stations are run by non-state entities. Over 80%, percent uh, of uh, radio outlets are run by non-governmental entities. And we have uh, 
20 channels that broadcast uh, over 180 countries all over the world. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Anne. Um, Margarita Senova, Jamestown Foundation. I have uh, two questions. The first is, uh, let me make a comment. I see that in the last two years, quite a lot of changes have taken place in the parliament. What is the end goal for Uzbekistan? To become a parliamentary system or to be a presidential political system with strong checks and balances? This is the first question. And the second is, um, what is the parliament doing to help mitigate the tensions that are increasing with Tajikistan? I know that the main issue is the Rogun Dam, but there are also other issues between the two countries, and apparently this is uh, going to become a, a regional issue as well. So what are the parliament's initiatives to mitigate those t- tensions? Short answer. Your question, Uzbekistan is going to be secular democracy based on social-oriented market economy. And it's up to next generation to decide what kind of a form within this main principle they will choose. Second question, I already defined that we made clear the position of parliament, at least of our committee, vis-a-vis the main problems or tension caused by some idea fixed in Tajikistan to build up huge hydropower, hydropower stations. I think it's, I made it clear that we want them to be sober, to be responsible and accountable. And I, it will uh, immediately will lead to the, <clears throat> let's say, the, uh, the decreasing of tension as you described it. All other aspects which you said, it's related to this, uh, uh, this issue. Yeah, as is, yes, the gentlewoman in, in the first row there. Thank you. Yes. Hi, I'm Kim Fan from the International Law Institute, and I had a chance to be in Uzbekistan right before the parliament was inaugurated. Um, my question to you is, because it is a fairly young parliament, um, what type of skills would you like technical assistance on in order to be a high-performing parliament? Um, and also on the policy side, what type of technical assistance would you need um, and what are your policy priorities? You know, first of all, we, uh, you addressed the very important issue. <coughs> we discussed it, by the way, being here in, in uh, Parliament. In, in the Congress, in the Library of Congress, even in North Carolina. When we were North, in North Carolina studying the functioning of the state parliament, we subtracted a lot of lessons. And we invited them to organize together with NDI the seminar in Uzbekistan dedicated to the activity of local parliaments. It's a general idea so far, but we already agreed to work out, like, uh, right, Mr. Plexico, to, uh, uh, to maybe set up either in Samarkand or in Tashkent the seminar to help to bring some kind of a vigor, energy to the local parliaments in Uzbekistan 
using the experience of National Association for, of Local Parliaments of United States, which is going to have some conference in Chicago this year. It's very interesting for us. Next, problem which bothers us a lot, the absence of resource database in Uzbek parliament and analytical research potential. It's a, it's a problem which we want to address. And uh, yesterday, Mr. Mohamedov spoke in the Library of Congress of the way how and means to get an access to the database of the uh, Library of Congress and to bring some uh, additional informational resources to acti uh, for activity of Uzbekistan. And our old dream is to set up kind of a analytical center attached to the parliament of Uzbekistan, which will help to all parliamentarians, not only to uh, draft new laws, but to make professional analysis of their implementation, which definitely will impact on the efficiency of parliamentarian activity in Uzbekistan. Thank, thank you. Uh, this, uh, the, the gentlewoman here on the left, uh, I believe you had your hand up. And then, sir, I'm sorry, I skipped you. You were supposed to be first. You go first, and then you second, OK? OK. Uh, my name is Yuri Sigov, Chief of Bureau of Business People Magazine here in Washington. And my question is to Mr. Safaev about so-called post-Soviet integration. Uh, more than 20 years, the republics of the former Soviet Union are living independently, developing their economies, political systems, and so on. But the issue of post-Soviet integration is all the time and in the air. What is the position of Uzbekistan and the parliament of Uzbekistan towards this particular issue? Because many countries think that former Soviet republics are supposed to cooperate only because nobody needs them in the world. Others say that it's just inevitable because they were brothers 20 years ago and they will be in the future. How you look at the situation where for more than 20 years these republics are developing and quite successfully as independent states? Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> I think that uh, statement that nobody needs us, <laughs> it's probably at least doubtful. In year uh, 1992, I uh, was in a uh, vice minister for foreign trade in Uzbekistan, and I remember how we cheered when the annual surplus of our trade was 200 million. 200 million US dollars. Last year, it was 15 billion. And uh, the geography of our trade is increasing. It's Brasilia, China, African countries, United States, Russia. So uh, I think that uh, the world market needs Central Asian countries and Uzbekistan included, and vice versa. In regard with inter uh, integrational process, let me give you my personal point of view. I think that the first prerequisite of any integration is shared values, shared basic principles. This is behind of success of European Union and other countries. When the countries, based on different way of thinking, it's absolutely impossible to get them work together. Secondly, 
as I said in my preliminary remarks, creation of any custom union creates the impediments in global trade, and as experience of some countries neighboring to Uzbekistan showed, leads to increase of price. At least during the last year, the prices in countries, members of custom union, increased 15, 20%. As a parliamentarians, we think that it's uh, not good. And moreover, it became a market for non-compatible in the world market goods. That's why uh, we think that the first priority now in the post-Soviet area must be developing of, center, uh, of bilateral trade and opening uh, the, uh, the, the development of uh, the free trade agreements with, on bilateral basis. We have an, uh, such an uh, agreements with many countries. Uh, our main strategic trade partner is Russia, who, uh, which comprise almost 20% of our foreign trade, Ukraine, Kazakhstan. And I think that uh, the, the main tendency shows that this approach of Uzbekistan is so, uh, so far works. Thank you. Uh, now, I'm sorry, your, your yes, turn. Sorry. Thank you. Um, this is Valerie Kirkpatrick. Oh, do you want me to use this one instead? Either one is okay. Oh, okay. Valerie Kirkpatrick from Human Rights Watch. Um, I'm really pleased to hear many of you speak about um, the importance of human rights and adopting international um, international laws and human rights norms into your, your constitution. I was wondering if you could speak uh, um, to what is being done in the parliament to ensure the improvements on two very important issues. The first um, is the release of political and relig religious prisoners and accountability for officials that have been implicated in the ill treatment and torture of these individuals. And the second, which is somewhat related and something that you all had mentioned, is the enforcement of the recent habeas corpus laws, um, since recent reports indicate that these laws have had no effect on uh, stopping abuse and torture of prisoners in pretrial detention. Thank you. I think, uh, Senator Artikova, could you uh, yeah, respond to that? Religious. Religious for you? No, uh, political prisoners. and religious prisoners. religious prisoners. Prisoners. Mm -hmm. prisoners. Thank you very much for your question. Так, ну, наверное, начну с того, что у нас в тюрьмах не содержатся люди, которые и нет такого понятия вообще политические заключенные, религиозные заключенные. У нас в колониях и в тюрьмах содержатся люди осужденные за преступления, предусмотренные в Уголовном кодексе. А в Уголовном кодексе таких статей нет, таких преступлений, политического беженца нет. Yeah, first of all, I would like to say that the very notion of political or religious prisoners doesn't exist in Uzbekistan. Uh, so in our uh, places of uh, detention and uh, in our prison system, uh, there are people uh, who uh, have been uh, sentenced uh, for uh, the uh, criminal infractions, uh, but we don't have any laws in our criminal code criminalizing uh, political or religious behavior. Что касается вопроса отпустить 
из колонии или освободить от наказания, то здесь хочу особо отметить о том, что в Узбекистане с 2001 года идет либерализация уголовных наказаний. Поясню. As the question of releasing people from camps or prisons is concerned, then I would like to say that starting in the year 2001, there has been going the liberalization of criminal sentences, and I would like to clarify that. Это перевод тяжких преступлений в административную приюдицию, когда человек может заплатить штраф, при этом не быть лишенным свободы. Раз. That means reclassification of grave crimes into administrative infractions, when a person instead of going to jail could pay a fine. Если человек совершил экономическое преступление и возместил нанесенный ущерб, тогда к нему не применяются меры наказаний в виде лишения свободы. If a person has committed an economic crime but later provided restitution, he or she wouldn't be deprived of freedom. И было бы побольше времени, я бы, наверное, остановилась еще и на таких позициях либерализации уголовного наказания, как отмена конфискации имущества, как применение более мягких мер наказания, нежели это предусмотрено основными статьями. Там очень широкий перечень. Uh, stipulations, uh, uh, for example, uh, about uh, the elimination of seizures and confiscations, and uh, about uh, converting uh, sentences into milder uh, sentences, and uh, there are many other topics to discuss. И заканчивая свой ответ на ваш первый вопрос, скажу, что государство взяло на себя обязанность защищать граждан их права, свободы и интересы. И будьте добры. And in conclusion, to responding to your question, I would like to say that the government has taken upon itself the responsibility to defend the rights, freedoms and interests of the citizens. И чтобы выполнить эти обязанности перед своим гражданином, Неотвратимость ответственности для каждого человека, приступившего закон, должно стоять восклицательным знаком. Каждый должен об этом знать. Everybody should know about that, and uh, has to be, uh, and uh, it has to be typed boldface on everybody's mind. Yeah. Uh, Senator, take uh, a. Uh, oh. uh, 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 uh,
пытки не применяют. К сожалению, такой страны нет. И поэтому Организация Объединенных Наций приняла соответствующую конвенцию, которую Узбекистан тоже ратифицировал. Uh, hasn't been uh, complicit in tortures, and that is why the United Nations have adopted the Convention uh, Against Torture, uh, which has been ratified uh, by Uzbekistan. Это часть и очень важная тех вопросов, которые стоят, которые стоят перед правоохранительными органами и узбекским обществом для того, чтобы Наверное, искоренить это невозможно, но хотя бы минимизировать последствия этого явления, мы над этим очень серьезно работаем. And that's part of the urgent task of law enforcement. Unfortunately, it's impossible to eradicate torture, but it's possible to mitigate and minimize it, and we're working on that. Uh, recently, uh, Ms. Kirpatrick, we had a uh, hearing in my uh, committee on implementation of the human uh, uh, UN uh, Convention against the torture. And we did it together with German Konrad Adenauer Foundation. We visited prisons, we made a scrutiny and invited the responsible people from Ministry of Interior. And it was a tough conversation with them. We realized that the problem exists and we should fight. And by the way, uh, another point is that we're trying to monitor this situation and recently we, uh, during our parliamentarian uh, analysis, uh, noticed that the number of prisoners per 100,000 of population in Uzbekistan is lowest in CIS, 127, whereas... Uh, 127. Whereas uh, in other countries it's twice, three, three times, four times more in the United States, six times more. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, that's that's an issue that the U.S. does face. No, да, это проблема, которая We, uh, I think, have run out of time. Um, uh, senators, uh, uh, representatives, uh, guests. Uh, uh, I appreciate your coming here. Uh, I've, I've been enlightened by your comments. Uh, I appreciate our uh, interpreters uh, managing some very complicated uh, uh, structures grammatically and conceptually. <laughs> and uh, again, once again, thanks to uh, all the folks at Carnegie. So uh, uh, we, uh, we uh, hope to bring more folks here, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, set up more, more of these things. So. Thank you very much.